0: Mud Stories, episode 27.
1: Your mercy floods my tired soul As you lift me out of my muddy hole You wash me up with your sweet grace And you lead me to a safer place again You know, I think even back
2: to my job. it's like, what if I had just clung on to that career and that job at Chick-fil-A and thought, you know, this is so much of who I am. This is the only thing God can do with my life. But thankfully I was able to trust God and say, I know where you want me. I'm scared, but I know where you want me and I'm going to do it. Like none of this would have happened. Like there would be no book. There would be no ABC scripture cards. I would not have had those years with my girl. And I'm still tied to Chick-fil-A. I still get to go back and brainstorm with them. And it's just been such a neat story to say, God, you're What you have in mind is so much better than we could ever imagine, but we have to let go because he's got a great, great plan for all of us. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins,
0: your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories Podcast and Happy New Year to you. This is the very first episode of 2015, and I hope your new year ahead will be full of hope and all the ways you'll see God meet you in your mud and redeem your situation in His time. Well, today I have a super fun episode for you. I'm talking with Courtney DeFeo, an author, blogger, and speaker wife to Ron and mom to two darling girls. Courtney is a graduate of Auburn University and prior to staying home with her girls worked in marketing for Chick-fil-A. Courtney and her husband Ron live in Florida with their girls and she is the author of a recently released book entitled In This House We Will Giggle, making virtues, love and laughter a daily part of your family life. In this episode, Courtney and I discuss our mutual love for Disney, the different roles we play as women, the struggle it is to realize and purpose where it is we find our identity, and all about her new book and how we can all giggle. Courtney shares her mud story of wrestling with identity, her drive for affirmation and our universal struggle with comparison and how surrendering our will to God makes way for him to use each of us for really big things. Courtney is the creator of ABC Scripture Memory Cards, Little Money Jars, and her latest product called Conversation Cups, helping us have meaningful conversations as we share a meal together. And what I love so much about Courtney is not only her hardworking and innovative spirit, but how she's chosen to allow God to use her not only in the creation of family-based value products and books— but to be such an encouragement and inspiration to so many of us as we learn to infuse virtue into our everyday lives. I so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Courtney, and I hope you will too. Enjoy. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the Mud Stories podcast. Hello. I'm so glad to be with you today. Oh, it is just so good to talk to you today. I'm so inspired by you, and I just love all that you're doing so, so much. Um, But before we talk about all of that, I hear that we share a mutual love for Disney.
2: Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a fanny pack or anything with your name on it? I do not. But we
0: just recently, as a family, you know, four or five years ago, we live in Southern California, and I think you live in Orlando, yeah? We do.
2: We do. Okay,
0: so we are only about 30 minutes from Anaheim, so... Four or five years ago, when the kids were littler and a couple of them were free, we had some season passes and then we let them expire because it's almost like taking out a side mortgage for your house. Uh, Correct. Right. Okay. But so the kids are getting, you know, my kids are six. Well, now seven, eight and a half, 10 and 12. And this is uh, a year that I'm homeschooling all four of them. So we have our weekdays pretty flexible as far as what we're doing. And so we just got to thinking, you know, Disney just made it so convenient. They're just so brilliant with their marketing. They made it so convenient to pay per month. So for season passes, so we got the kids together and we said, hey, what do y'all think if you guys put some of your allowance in per month and we put some in per month, we could get some Disney passes. So we did just last month. And so we're back going to Disney again. And it's so, so fun just to like go hang out there for a couple hours and then come back. We just love it.
2: Oh, we're, we are obsessed and I had no idea. I had been to Disney maybe once when I was little. So I just thought, oh, that's neat. You go there once and it's kind (laughs) of, I mean, I didn't really have many memories of it, but my husband, his family went like every year. It It was their family vacation and he loves it. And so when we knew we were moving here and our girls were, you know, this was three years ago. Um, he just was so excited and we probably weren't even unpacked and he was driving up to, he's <laughs> like, I'm going to get the annual passes. I'll be back. Oh, that's um, so great. And so it's been really sweet to watch him be like a kid. And it's really, it's a, a date thing for him. He will literally take one of the girls on a Saturday and just say, I'll be back. I'm taking one of them. And we know it's a lot, but for us, we would rather not go on, you know, a certain vacation or spend it in other ways because this means so much to him and their memories. Yeah. Um, so it's been really fun. And yeah, I kind
0: of love it, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's an it's an awesome way to make memories. We got the pass that we can only go Monday through Friday, but it's OK because I'm homeschooling and we need to learn at field trips at Disney, right?
2: <laughs> of course, there's tools to
0: learn on the Jungle I Cruise. Know, are right? you kidding? You I
2: know. Every animal right there.
0: <laughs> I know science right there. Oh, well, we are both moms who work part time. And yet for you, that's not always been the case. In your MUD story, you've certainly wrestled with all the different roles we play as women in life. And really, all of us have roles. Most of us wear maybe several different hats, whether it's men or women. And there's just so much always pulling at us, so much for us to do and be defined by. Would you go back maybe to your college years or even before and share with us the journey you've been on as you've sorted through this idea of identity and roles amidst all the things that you've had going on, how really did your mud begin?
2: Yeah, and I will tell you, when you asked me to to identify this, I had a moment of guilt. Like, I should have a a different story. Like, surely I should have had more trials or pain or something. Like, I was staring at the screen like, this is sad, you know? (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? This doesn't sound that glamorous, but my kind of consistent issue with being like, where is my identity? Is it in Christ or is it in my blog or my job or my career or what is it in? That really has been something that has taken me down. And, and so I was, when I wrote to you, I was like, this is my mud story Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be proud of it. Yay. Own Uh, it, girlfriend. um, (laughs) I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Um, but yeah, it went back to, um, college. I went to Auburn and When I I grew up in Atlanta, and most of my friends all went to Georgia. And so when I went to Auburn, it was kind of this moment of like, I'm going to start over here. I wasn't really the coolest girl in high school, but I wasn't a nerd. But I just felt like this is going to be my time to kind of stake my claim and decide who I want to be and what I'm going to get involved in. And it wasn't a time that I was growing with the Lord, quite honestly. I had left a a great Christian home but thought, I'm just going to be somebody. you know I don't really need God, but I'm Mm -hmm. going to be somebody. And so I got really involved. And I uh, was in a sorority, but they encouraged you to try out for things. And I loved that my sorority loved my friends there. But they were like, go try out for this on campus and go try out for this. And I all of a sudden realized that I did have some leadership talent. And I did have some influence. And I did have some great ideas. And all of a sudden, I got a, you know, 10 no's. And then all of a sudden, they were all yeses. And so all of a sudden, I'm the vice president of this. And I'm in this um, you know, group, and then I was on the homecoming court, and then this and that, and all of a sudden it just kept snowballing mm-hmm. into oh my word, I'm a leader on this huge campus. What do I do with that? Um, and so my identity kind of wrapped up in that for a while, and it felt really good to be doing good things. Um, my grades weren't the best, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was really involved. You were engaged. That's right. I was a nice, well rounded student. Um, and so then oh. that fuel, I think it was just this inner like drive for affirmation personally, and not really from the Lord, maybe from others, um, carried me into when I left college. And so when I left there, I remember having this crying moment at a wedding and everybody's getting married. And I thought, I still have this giant hole in my heart, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I was supposed to get a husband, and then I thought, it's the Lord. I've known this whole time that I was supposed to be following the Lord, and I wasn't. And I did great things, but they didn't fulfill me. It was like I'd get something, then I'd chase the next thing. I'd get something else, and I'd chase another accolade. And so that has kind of been my mud story that keeps following me, is he keeps whacking me with the same lessons. <laughs> That's great that you were on that blog or that podcast, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, are you still coming back to me? Right. Or that's filling that hole in your identity. So fast forward, I went to a PR firm right out of school. And of course it had to be the number one in Atlanta, you know, I was still setting my aim (laughs) pretty high. And um, I think I met my husband there and, um, that was pretty cool to, um, meet him through that experience, but I will fast forward to after that job. I ended up at Chick-fil-A. And um, that is, as you probably know, even in California, the word spreads out there that it's a great company to work for.
0: Oh, we Um, love Chick-fil-A. My kids beg to go to, we have a Chick-fil-A within 10 minutes of our house. And oh oh, yeah, my kids beg to go to Chick-fil-A. And in fact, they're always disappointed on Sunday lunch when they decide that they get this great idea. They want to go to Chick-fil-A. We're like, guys, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday
2: oh, you know, and they get all disappointed. But yeah, we love Chick-fil-A. right. Well, awesome. I still say we, uh, but we at Chick-fil-A say the business is really good on Monday because people yes. are... Yes,
0: <laughs> that anticipation I, and scarcity right. goes well for you.
2: Yeah. That's right. So um, it's like getting into the CIA because um, people really, really want to work there because it's all of what you hear that is, um, you know, it's biblically based and there's a, a family-owned business and they really... Um, they do well by their people and they're doing really neat things for the community and, um, and where the restaurants are. And so when I got the job there, you know, again, I just puffed myself up like, oh, I can climb the ladder. I can being used for my creative talent. And um, I loved it. And I loved what I was learning and leadership and started really growing with the Lord at that time and got married. And, um, and so I started noticing like, oh, this kind of fuels me in a good way, motivates me, but some part of me can't go one conversation, even today, without saying, did you know I worked at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> so it's was like, what is that? And why is that still a part of me and who I am? And I think part of the um, leadership there is so great at just continuing to grow us at leadership, leadership training. And they would send us to all these things. And one of my bosses would always say, you know, Courtney, every strength has a c- corresponding weakness. So we spoke about um, our... You know, top five strengths earlier. And one of mine was competition. And I did not, I was so embarrassed that that one was in my top fives. So I'm like, oh, but it's in me. It's in me to be really competitive. But I think you can use that for good and you can be really motivated. And I can work to the bone and stay up all night and make sure my product or whatever we're doing is going to be done with excellence or I'm going to uh, win. A f- Flag football game or whatever, yes. <laughs> but it can take you down too, and it can be a weakness. And so that's where I think this identity thing would creep up on me. It's like, what is your motivation here? Is it to for the love of people, or is it for the love of Jesus? Um, and so that followed me yet again to when I had was there six years and was about to get promoted to a pretty great level, a management level there, and I got pregnant with Ella and thought. I know in my heart, I'm supposed to be a stay-at-home mom, but everything on the other side of my brain is telling me, you were made to have this career. And so I had to really follow God's call for my life and and quit that job. And um, that was kind of a crisis moment. (laughs) Mm. It was like two trains coming together and just screeching And, and knowing that, like, this is what you have for me, Lord, but part of me just doesn't want to do it.
0: Well, and it's such a crisis moment for so many women and men too. I mean, that whole decision on, especially when you're relying on two incomes, not only feeling fulfilled by your job, but the income from your job too, you know, it's kind of a double whammy. It hits you personally, but it hits you financially too. And so it's just such a struggle. And yet when you hold that new baby, it really seems pretty apparent that, that longing to be with that new baby. Yeah. So yeah. such a struggle. Oh. I can relate because I went back to work after each of my kids was born, of, although it was four to five months later, but um, still so hard to leave, you know?
2: Absolutely. And I, my mom stayed at home with us and she's just so much of my role model that I just never had a different picture in my head that I thought I can always, and there's so many ways to do it. So I really am not in a stay at home mom camp or working. I mean, there's so many ways right. to do it now, right. thankfully. Um But I really thought I can go back. Like at some point, I don't know if I can go back to Chick-fil-A, maybe, and I've still done work for them. But I can always have this brain. I can always use my talents. But I cannot go back on these years when they're babies. And I really wanted to be there. Um, And so I did quit and stayed home and had two girls. They're Ella and Larson. And they're now five and eight. Um, and that time was messy. Um, it was good. Mm-hmm. Some of the best highs I've ever had and just thought I was made to do this. Oh my word. I love being a mom. And then there was <laughs> that I- identity stuff creeping in, especially during some screaming days. One of mine had colic where I thought, give me the briefcase and the high heels. I am out of here. I want to go back. Oh, right? uh, this is too
0: hard. It is so, so hard. Sometimes it's easier to be at work than it is to be at home. I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: both, both ways. I've talked to my friends that work full time and, and they have their own struggles too. You know, they're feeling in the driveway and with the, with the guilt and they're having a few hours to pack in what I've had all day to do with my kids. And so, you know, there's, there's struggles, both sides of the coin for sure. So hard. Um, But I think what was a, a shift for me was I was at Andy Stanley's church and, and he just started really speaking into us that no matter what you have, whether it's, um, strengths, no matter what they are, your strengths, um, whether you have money or talent or time, whatever it is, God can use that for really big things. And you just need to pray and ask for that. And so I thought, what would that look like if I used all of that creative juice and marketing skills that I didn't waste that? That wasn't time wasted at Chick-fil-A, but he was actually preparing me for something.
0: Because you're still you wherever you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what would it look like if he used that during my time at home, because I wasn't bored. I mean, the, the schedule was filled. <laughs> so it was like, but what I felt, I needed some like kingdom purpose outside of raising two little disciples. And I loved that. Yes. Um, so I kept stirring, praying two years, and I just knew he had something else for me. Um, and I have several friends that they're like, this is my full-time purpose. And I love it. Like they are full-time moms and that is their purpose. And I love it. But something was stirring in me. There was something else. And so it was like in a night, literally, it all came crashing down. And I thought, I was frustrated because I didn't see some things in the marketplace that I wanted as far as character education and products for my mm-hmm. kids. So Little Light of Mine came about. So Little Light of Mine is your blog. Yep, it's my blog. So you started writing. I started writing and decided in about seven months I would launch a blog and a company called Little Light of Mine. And we would have products that would help empower moms and change little lives. And the two products I started with was um, ABC Scripture Cards and then My Little Money Jars. And those are no longer sold, but they are a part of my book. And um, also on the blog, you can do it yourself. Right. Make them at home. Um, and that also was a blog community where I didn't know about Encourage, and I didn't know about so many blogs, or I might not have done it, because I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a bunch of moms and we grouped them together. And we all shared and blogged together on this blog. And, um, so (laughs) it was my kind of encourage idea that, um, was a little light of mine. And, um, we just started sharing kind of our coffee conversations. How do we make faith real for our kids? How do we make this not just a head knowledge thing, more of a heart knowledge? How do we have them experience God in a real way? And so we'd blog about it and I would share the products and then it just sort of took off like the internet can do for people. And, um, And then I thought, oh, no, what do I do now? Because now there's the time balance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, because you went from being a full-time working woman to being a stay-at-home mom. And now you're back into business, but your own business, granted, you can do it from home. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, which is what you're describing, you became, you know, managing that time between building a business and staying present with your family It's such a challenge for so many people. How did you manage that?
2: Yeah, I think I've had to... It's definitely been a struggle, and I don't have a magic bullet because everyone wants that. They want me to say, here's how to be a balance. (laughs) No magic bullet, Courtney? Come on. No no magic bullet. (laughs) And I think for each season, it has changed for sure now. You know, I can jump on a podcast because my girls are at school. They go at 8, and they come home at 3, which is is a different story. I have had conference calls, oh, my word, when they were little – I had a conference call in the YMCA bathroom. No joke. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go work out, and then I'm hiding in the bathroom have a conference call. So you just make it work, and you have many a conference calls and meetings at the Chick Fil A playground because you're like, go in there, you know. I'll give you one lollipop if you just right. don't come out for 20 minutes because I gotta totally. So you make it work, but um, my husband is also a great filter, and he knows by the my body language, my health my stress level if I've taken on too much and he's like whoa sister you need to back up and slow down (laughs) a little bit um and I think you have to and the comparison game right now with Mm. moms I know we're jumping all over the place no it's um, good comparison let's talk about it I think we compare each other as if we're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So like where I can't compare myself to you cause you have four, is it four kids or five?
0: Well, um, four at home with me. My oldest son is 19 okay. now. Okay. Yeah. So
2: four at home and your homeschooling where I have two and they're in school and you do podcasts and I write. So we're just so different yeah. and, um, we're all in different seasons. And so, and some may have help, you know, I, in Atlanta, I had four grandparents, two sets of grandparents mm-hmm. helping all the time that was awesome here. I don't have so much help. Um, well I have friends, but I don't have grandparents. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. I think you have to just be in your lane and early in little light of mine, I came up with a mission statement that I mentioned earlier, but it's to empower moms and change little lives through innovation in the home. And that has been really my filter between that and my husband And obviously the Lord, I say, what is just for me? Because I don't do recipes. I don't do home tips because my home's a wreck. I don't do like uh, decorating tips. Like (laughs) I I have a very specific lane that I'm in and I have to stay there or I'll get distracted. And, you know, I have to say no. Thankfully, Lisa Turkhurst wrote the best yes. Yes. Helping me with my nose, Helping us all. Yes. Helping us all. Yes. um, so it's been definitely a journey. Um, but I did want to go back. One thing about my mud story and the identity part is yes. that um, I think early in my childhood, and I hope this helps one mom out there is that my identity was wrapped up in how they were behaving. And especially now that I have a parenting book, they will act like animals. And and I'm like, and they're like, Oh, didn't you just write that book? I'm like, Nope, Nope. I don't know what you're talking about because they're, you know, flipping out. In a Wasn't storm. me. And wrong girl. Um, <laughs> but I think too often we take too much credit for their good and we take too much credit for the bad. Absolutely. Like, oh, they're little humans and they're doing their own thing. They're being two, they're being three. And certainly we have a role in that as raising them, but God's got their heart and he's going to work in our families. He's going to give us grace and mercy. And just like he's done for me. And, um, just cause I haven't fully conquered this identity thing, it still creeps up in me. I'm better than I was in college. I'm better than I was at Chick-fil-A, but it still creeps up on me to name drop Chick-fil-A or to think my kids are great because of me. You know, it's it's still part of who I am. Um, So I pray that there's some mom out there that's thinking... I've failed because my kids are terrible. I was like, no, 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 you haven't. Um, and yeah, so. I
0: can so relate to what you're saying because that cycle of performance and perfectionism really is a quest that's really a challenge. And um, I love, you know, what you're saying about our kids and their behavior because see, I have so many kids that um, I can't really. I've learned the the humbling idea that it's so not about me like some kids are great eaters right and some kids are not great eaters some kids are good sleepers and some kids are always waking us up at night even until right. four or five years old you know or or more and um, I I just sometimes when I meet new moms maybe at church or in the community and you know, when you're a newer mom and you have younger kids, it sometimes can seem like maybe if you've gotten two kids that eat cucumbers and tomatoes that you're just so amazing because you've put this organic spread of whole grains and raw vegetables before them and they just devour them at the, you know, at the play date and everyone else is like struggling to say no to the french fries, right? Through the drive-thru. And and so when you only have a couple, maybe you got selectively given by God, too, that are awesome eaters. But see, when you have more than that, <laughs> you get humbled really quick because you realize, yes. well, you know, because I have a daughter who she grew up, she just from the beginning, she's 12 now, but from the beginning, she's been the pickiest eater ever, you know, and my oldest son, he would eat anything. So I was like, what is wrong with me that, you know, or she won't eat and he will. And so it's just very humbling. And I think tying that back into not allowing our kids' behavior to define our identity because I struggled with that too. You know, my kids aren't behaving and that's a bad reflection on me. I must not be a good parent or I must not be doing a good job. And it's just so not the case, right?
2: Right. Oh, of course. And I, you know, I think even back to my job, it's like, what if I had just clung on to that career and that job at Chick-fil-A and thought, you know, this is so much of who I am. This is the only thing God can do with my life. But thankfully, I was able to trust God and say, I know where you want me. I'm scared, but I know where you want me and I'm going to do it. Like none of this would have happened. Like there would be no book. There would be no ABC scripture cards. I would not have had those years with my girl. And I'm still tied to Chick-fil-A. I still get to go back and brainstorm with them. And it's just been such a neat story to say, God, you're, what you have in mind is so much better than we could ever imagine. But we have to let go and not say, you know, not control. And that's in us as perfectionists. And Mm -hmm. a lot of moms are wired that way to say, like, we got it in order. Like, we feel better when we have it in order and we have it in control and we can see the future. And when a life of fallen God is not in order, it's scary, Um, but it's more thrilling, I think, when we just let him go because he's got a great, great plan for all of us. What would you
0: say has been some things that have helped you stay more grounded in resisting that comparison, resisting being defined by what you do instead of who you are in Christ?
2: Yeah, I think when I notice I'm getting taken down or feeling bad about myself or comparing, there's typically some things that are going on. I'm online too often Mm -hmm. or I'm online too long doing unproductive things. So it's not that I'm doing my own work or I'm... um, you know, making progress on a project, I'm just, I'm hopping around and I'm watching what other people are doing and I'm starting to go, well, why? We kind of wrote the same thing. Why did hers get shared 150,000 times? (laughs) I said this same thing and I got like one comment. Right. Um, So that's not productive. Um, And so I've learned to just, when you even start doubting your work, either go encourage, tweet, comment, like do all the things you're bummed Mm -hmm. about to somebody else. Like someone else is feeling the same way you are and we need to go encourage each other. Um, I've also noticed that I'm probably not doing enough of my actual life. I'm doing too much like typing about it. And so I will just close it and say, I'm going to do generosity today with my kids. I'm going to like do what I'm preaching on the computer with my kids because that's what motivates me And that's what gets me back to like, oh, yeah, this is what got me passionate in the first place to write is like these moments. And so when you feel like I don't don't know that there's such a thing to me as a writer's block, Um, it's like that can happen. And I've definitely felt that in writing the book where I'm like, I got nothing today. I got to come back tomorrow. But the inspiration is when we're living with our kids and our families and in the community. And we have like real face-to-face stuff. Like this morning I was praying with four friends, all four of us crying, just like doing what Jesus would do, saying, you're hurting. Let's pray together. And I'm like, if I was just here on my computer, I would have missed it. Like, I'm so glad I said, yes, I will go walk with you. And there's a whole blog post that didn't get done this morning because I, So glad I said, yes, I'll go walk. And then it turned into the sweetest time Hmm. um, that is like the real life version of what we often type about. So I think um, when you get taken down, I would say two things that um, go encourage somebody and then go live out your mission, what you're really passionate about. Just fire that back up in yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, and in this world of the Internet, it is very tempting to, you know, get wrapped up with Facebook or Twitter or whatever in our online and virtual relationships, which can be wonderful. You know, they really have turned for me into some real in-life relationships. But still, they're not people who can come over and walk with me in my neighborhood like you had this morning or, you know, meet me for lunch at the Chick-fil-A, you know? Yeah, totally. So I do think, I know for me, that is a challenge that I've been working toward because I am connected online and yet I really need to spend time investing me and my kids in the real people right here where I am. And I think our our passions and our convictions and our message flow out of the life that we're actually living. And if we're not living life, you know, maybe that is part of the problem. So I love yeah. I love your encouragement there.
2: One thing I will mention too is um for us that and I don't know that everybody's wired this way, but I think there's a, a lot of us that are either wired to listen to something like this or wired to just be intentional and get better and grow. We have that Mm -hmm. perfectionist or like ambitious wire in us. Yes. Um, Jeannie Cunyon's new book, Parenting the Wholehearted Child. She's a friend of mine and it's a parenting book, but I'm telling you, if you read it and you just need to be encouraged about your identity, it has rocked me about just saying like, you don't need to do anything else. Like already today, you are like fully loved, like as you are by God And I know that, like I could type it out in a blog right today, but it's like, do I really feel that? And do I know that to my core? And am I living it out that way in a way that my kids feel that too? Like they're not, are they behaving enough? Are they sweet enough to their sister? Are are they already loved enough? Um, and so she talks so much about grace and I don't, I think I can talk grace, but I don't think I feel it enough. Um, and Ephesians is so good. If you want to just like remind yourself of like identity and comparison, just who you are. I think start with just reading Ephesians one and just going, all right, Lord, what do you have for me? Like, I know you're like doing that for her and her and her, but what about me? Like, what, remind me how much you love me just as I am today. Even if I never launched a blog or if I never write a book or if, if my kids never go to church and love it, like, am I okay? And do yeah. you love
0: I love I love Jeannie's book and her message has resonated so much with me too because I will go to my grave championing the mercy and grace of God. It's become such a real thing for me personally in my life. And um her message is so empowering as we parent our kids and and uh, you know you're talking about Ephesians you know Ephesians 2 even says and God being rich in mercy reached down even while we were yet sinners and he raised us up and seated us in heavenly places with Christ and that's just awesome to get in God's word and let it get into us and be reminded that he chose us and he wants us and he created us for awesome good things to do before the beginning of time and You know, getting refocused and spending time in God's word is so important to really recalibrate ourselves to who we are and who he says we are and for us to really believe it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, you have written a book with a title that I love. It is called In This House We Will Giggle, Making Virtues, Love and Laughter a Daily Part of Your Family Life. And I will say for me, I need to giggle more, Courtney. (laughs) I've never been good at playing with my kids. I'm such a bad player. You know, the girls come to me and say, you want to play dolls? You know, and the boys are like, you want to play Monopoly? And I'm just, uh, I don't know what it is about me. I just, I feel like a failure in those moments that I don't want to play,
2: you know? There's a lot of moms like you. And I... I do like to play on some days. Like, ask me tomorrow. Today I'm a, I'm in a mood to play, but tomorrow I'll be like, no, go watch a show. Oh, I know, <laughs> so I, think, I know. Yeah. Being silly
0: and giggling is just really a challenge for me. So not only did the title of your book captivate me and get my attention, but um, because of your words, you know, I've really found myself going out of my way. The last couple weeks to be sillier and laugh more and connect not only with my kids, but really with friends and coworkers too, because I think the message of your book doesn't have to be really restricted to our kids. You know, maybe if somebody's out there and they don't have kids, or maybe if it's, you know, a single guy who's working a corporate job, you know. He can giggle, too, and we can make virtues and love and laughter a part of our everyday life, whether it's our family life or not. And I just have to tell you, we were at um, P.F. Chang's uh, just Sunday night having dinner as a family, and um, my husband got a new Mac computer. It was so fun to go to the Apple store. The kids were like... We're going to the Apple store (laughs) and, you know, you can't, you don't have to twist kids' arms to go to the Apple store because there's like a plethora of iPad novelties there, you know? So anyway, we went to P.F. Chang's and um, I went to the bathroom with my 12-year-old daughter on our way out and all of a sudden we're washing our hands and I just, there was nobody else in the bathroom because that's the only way this was possible, but... (laughs) I just broke out into this disco dance and I started singing this yes. crazy weird song. And I am not a dancer, you have to know. So I was like totally you know, discombobulated <laughs> and I was pointing my arm the wrong way that my foot was going and I was trying to do my John Travolta, you know, disco dance and I was singing a song and she just like looked at me in horror like, Mom, what are you doing? Because this is so out of character for me. And then this is my daughter who's still, she's 12, but she loves her little puppy and they make puppy noises and she's just my silly, goofy rock cartoon caricature she just loves to laugh and I'm so often serious around her and so I just shocked her and she uh, after her horror in the mirror she's washing her hands she starts cracking up and I'm telling you this last week she's asked me to disco dance like two or three more times Uh, (laughs) yeah and and so we just giggled and we laughed and you know it's just I love just The message of you just reminding me it's okay to stop and have brevity. It's okay to, like, you know, pinch somebody as they're walking by or, you know, just, you know, brush into them or hug them on unexpected times or say crazy, funny things. And, It's just been so much more about just giggling for me as I've just been working through your message. So as we look to this new year in 2015, with all of our dreaming and goal setting that comes with this season... This book really is more than just a book to read. It's really a year-long roadmap and practical step-by-step guide to cultivating virtues in our daily lives. And I just want to list off the virtues because I think they're awesome. So there's joy, love, forgiveness, faith, patience, perseverance, respect, responsibility service humility gratitude and generosity so in light of your motherhood working journey your identity story what's the backstory and how you came to write this book and what's your vision for it
2: Wow, that makes me so happy because I love a good bathroom dance. We, uh, <laughs> we, I think we have actually danced in P.F. Chang's. Like that is one that we have da- actually danced there. She um, tried
0: to record me on video the next day. She's like, "Do it again," and she got my husband's phone. She was trying to, you know, like take. I'm like, Allie. Oh,
2: my <laughs> put word. the video away, baby cakes. This is not something to
0: video. <laughs>
2: I love it. Oh. Well, there's so so much to the story. So my good friend, Lisa Turkhurst, I think I've spoken about her, but she has been a great mentor to me. And one of the things she encouraged me to do is always relate to people by writing from your struggles. And honestly, when people read this book, they think you must be the happiest, most joyful mom on the planet. And I'm like, yes, on some days, but I actually am a pretty moody person. I am Mm -hmm. not the most joyful person in our house. It's my husband. And so I write in the book about being the chief mood officer and that I have to be intentional. Like I have to decide I'm going to change the entire mood and the home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this relates back to not just this happiness, like let's just, you know, there's a lot of this fun ideas in there, but it really roots back to like, what is going to be their um, exposure and what is going to be their impression of Jesus? Like when they leave our homes, Are they going to say it was rules, it was consequences, it was fear? I don't want anything to do with that. And this really came from like a struggle and a fear of mine thinking, I've only got this one shot. You know, God's got their heart. It's certainly up to Him. But we have this extraordinary privilege to like disciple them and show them what Jesus is really like. Because I don't know that I even grasped it fully until I was out of college. And I really experienced Him and thought, that's not bad. That's good. It feels good to serve Him. It feels good to be generous to others. And I I went on a missions trip, and I remember feeling like I am in the center of His will for my life, and I'm being used by Him. And whatever this is, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I thought, what if my girls could feel that early? And then... They might walk away, but I don't know that they will. Like, I don't, they may have their left turn or their right turn. But once you know that Jesus is actually real and he can use you, it's a really cool experience. And so the joy and the giggle is found in like, we can do less lectures. We can teach them good things through laughter. You know, it's almost like sneaking carrots Mm -hmm. into the brownies. It's like, come on, don't tell them we're going on a little adventure and they're going to learn about patience, but you don't even have to tell them. Just say, come here, I've got a fun thing for us to do today. And so that's what I thought um, in my prayer was like, Lord, if I ever were to write a book, what would it be about? And it really tied together all my passions. Take this creative marketing brain and experience and use that same innovation and bring it into the home and say, how do we teach biblical principles? In a way that's fun and that kids actually might remember it, Mm -hmm. might enjoy it. And it also would free up moms because I wanted it to be really practical and not overwhelm them where they got it and thought, oh, my word, more to do's, like more things I'm not going to get done in a day. So I don't know if you could share, like when you read it, did you feel how it's broken up by month where you're like, I'll never get to no. this. Did you feel the freedom?
0: Yes. Because for me, creativity and design and, um, crafts and like stuff like that, give me anxiety. I mean, I almost break out into hives with that <laughs> idea. And so uh-huh. all these Pinteresty people, I get, you know, talk about comparison. I get really overwhelmed and I'm like, I'm failing with my kids yeah. and, and, and I'm challenged by what to do. So what I love about how you've laid it out is that it is so practical. I mean, first of all, the layout of it, you have these little 60 little boxes spread throughout the book of just little tips on what I can do to just make my kids laugh, just like disco dancing in the bathroom. I mean, that wasn't in there, but I just like my creative brain like kicked in after reading all those 60 boxes. I was like, well, what can I do right now? You know, and it's just little things like you put in there a feather test who can sit the longest tickling a feather on their face. My kids would think I've flipped a lid and became the coolest mom and yeah so it felt really practical and doable to me and so I'd love it if you'd take a couple favorite virtues and just share like a couple of the virtues and what they can you know do with their families and how it can really be you know totally doable spread out over the course of a year and I just imagine as I implement this The kids will really, number one, it'll become more of a fun environment at home and less serious. And number two, I think experiences together really anchor our faith in Christ, because I can tell them all day long about doing a Bible study or what, you know, the Old Testament means or what Easter is or what, you know, explain the definition of God's grace. But if we actually experience it in the context of something we do together, I think those memories will be forever. And that's what I want to create. And this is the tool that you've given us to do it. So share with us just a couple of the virtues and, and what we can do some activities.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you. I think you, you set up exactly what I was dreaming for that moms would have that kind of experience. Cause I don't want it to be a recipe book or a handbook that, um, or, you know, I don't want it to be the Bible, because honestly, the Bible is your handbook. And I want this to be kind of a starter guide or a conversation guide where a group of moms could get together and say, hey, by month, we're going to either pick this many to go through, or we're going to, I do set it up so that joy is January and generosity fits nicely in December, but you can mix it all up. Oh, I love it. Just as you've laid it out, it's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Well, my, one of my favorites is faith. And obviously with my uh, virtues, For anyone with faith or anybody that's going to church or not going to church, virtues are important to moms. But for me, it's really tied to faith. And so Mm -hmm. this chapter was really important to me. And so I'm really excited about the activity that's tied to that. And I'll just briefly tell you about that one so you can get excited. And so my brother said something interesting to me one night and said, what if our kids' bedtime stories became our faith stories? And I looked at him. And cocked my head sideways and said, Tell me more about that. And he said, I just think it's, and he's a pastor, and he said, I think it's awesome that we have the Bible and we can tell them about Mary and Joseph and all these people, and it's timeless and it's true. But what if they were able to look in another book and say, This was about my great grandfather. This was one time when he didn't know if he was going to have a job and he prayed and he got one. This one's about my grandfather when he decided to accept Christ. And this is about my aunt. And when she was struggling and she was scared and God pulled through for her and I was so taken aback, I thought, Drew, mm. that's a huge idea and I want to do it and I want other families to do it with me. And so that's the activity It's called my heritage of faith. And for those of us that have a heritage of faith, this is a great idea For those of us that don't, you might be a little bummed right now. But I think the cool thing is that it can start right now with our our family. And we can open it up to our kids and say they love to interview. I mean, they love to ask me all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. When when did you and dad meet, you know? Yeah. And there's questions in there to give you as a starter. And so I think this can be you give one to each of your kids or it could be a really big special leather bound heritage of faith thing that passes down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And you make it what you want. But I think it helps us look back because there will be times when they doubt their faith and we even doubt our faith. Do we go back and go, no, he actually did show up for our family That's over right. and over and over again. So I'm really pumped about that activity in the book. And there's also some really practical suggestions. Obviously I'm a big fan of scripture memory with faith and how that makes, um, the Bible come to life. I have a product called ABC scripture cards, and those are 26 verses for every letter of the alphabet and those you can find online and in Lifeway stores, um, now. And so that's in the book and the story of how that came about is in there as well. Um, So I guess I will end with maybe generosity and that one is probably what fueled a lot of this format because I almost saw a formula going on in my blog. It was the first program really that I shared with moms that went viral, so to speak, and that moms just jumped all over because I was sharing the idea of how do I get to, you know, this past, this, you know, December. Yes. And it was three years ago, really, that the program started, but it's still going. And I said, how do I get my kids to change their focus off of what are we getting to what are we giving? And it's not to say we aren't going to give them Christmas gifts or make them feel special, but I wanted their hearts to stop obsessing about what they're getting and just really have a radar on for others. And so they were getting turned down. There was ministries saying, nope, y'all are too young. You can't serve. And I thought that was kind of a bummer. Yeah. And so I th- I just did a blog post rant is how it started three years ago. And really dropkick the elf. I was mad. I said, <laughs> they can serve and they will. And so we oh. did a program called Light Him Up. And that is the activity for generosity is to basically say, here are very simple ways that your children can light up your community. And it can be taping signs to the trash can. We've had one lady that did the program. She paid for the Starbucks behind her and it kept going like 40 cars. Oh my goodness. Um, We have so many stories. Now there's people in Shanghai and Dubai and United Kingdom. And it's just blown my mind what God can do with something so simple. And there's gift tags on there and downloadables on the site to make it really easy for you that are busy that, or maybe like you, they're like, I'm not crafty right. the tools. I want to do it.
0: Well, and that's what I've loved so much about light them up. I mean, just kids, just doing random acts of kindness and really getting beyond ourselves. You know, that virtue is focusing on being generous with others. And really part of being generous is not even actually doing the activity, but, but, coming up with the idea and the insight that this is a moment and this is an opportunity to be generous. I mean, you talk in the book about leaving, you know, little um, baggies with a dollar six all, taped all over yeah. the dollar store. And then how you were at Disneyland with your daughter and thanking the person in the bathroom. And, and then she just out of her own heart wanted to give the lady a gift.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, so Do you know that we are. I'm so excited. I have to tell you this Friday. We're going back to meet her, to see her, Miss Curly. And I'm praying that oh. she'll be working because she doesn't know that I wrote about her in the book. And so we got her a frame, a Disney frame with our picture and we're taking her the book signed and a gift. And um, we're just like, please, Lord, let her be working. Amazing. And
0: bathrooms with such pride. I mean, Disney really trains. Sorry to circle back around to Disney again. Actually, I'm not sorry to circle back around to Disney because they really cultivate an attitude of ownership in their employees. I think they call them cast members, not employees. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they have roles, not job descriptions, you know, and they are people who really are fed into by their company and, and you can see it in her cleaning the bathroom to the yeah. best of her ability. It's just so inspiring. So yeah. just, but for our kids to not only, you know, be with us to practice generosity as we, you know, have planned things to do, but for them to actually have the insight to start seeing ways to be generous of their own motivation
2: Oh yeah. is They'll what's think so of awesome. Things. They'll think of things all the time. And now, you know, when I'm checking out the grocery store and now light them up as a part of our lives. Like we just do it year round. And right. I just grab two extra water bottles as I'm checking out. And and it's really hot in Florida, like all the time. And so we just grab two cold waters and I said, Hey girls, let's just be thinking or say a quick prayer of who might need these. And so we get in the car and they're looking, they're looking for someone doing lawn work or whatever. And they said, I think Casey, our mailman needs it. And so, because we're, <laughs> Or to light him up like that. I have a cell phone. And so I texted Casey and said, Where are you in the neighborhood? And he said, uh, Why? And we found him. And he texted me later and said, You had no idea how much I needed that Aww. at that moment, at that day. But my girls thought of him. And so I love him. I think it's just so neat to say that it's not this huge day, it's not this huge program, it's a part of. Who you are and how to cultivate that generosity is a part of being who Jesus wants us to be. And it's not a lecture. It's not like you got to be a better person, Ella and Larson. It's like good news. We get to love people like Jesus. Let's go have fun.
0: Yeah, let's, let's go have live. fun. And yeah. and that is what is going to intrigue them as kids. But what I love about this tool that you've done, what, what you've written, is that this is a way not to tell our kids what to believe, but it's a way for us to together experience what it's like to be more like Jesus in very practical ways. And the the hope would be that it would cultivate character in not only them, but in us. I mean, it changed me by choosing to disco dance in P.F. Chang's bathroom, you know, it changed me and I got more joy and I saw them light up by having fun and we connected and we had a moment and we had a memory. And that's what this whole year long process would be in cultivating virtues. It's not about memorizing a definition or, you know, learning in homeschooling about each virtue. We're going to live it and it'll become memories and it'll become ingrained into who we are. So we, you know, our kids are going to become who we are. They're not going to do what we say. And I love that. So thank you for taking the time in your life to, you know, write a book. I think it's such a hard process, I'm understanding.
2: And um, just thank you for reading it. Oh, well, you're welcome. I I knew my mom would read it and a couple of my friends, but I'm really. Mm Touch that um, you took the time to read it and that you're going to apply it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the year. And I'm just
0: hoping I'm just going to have so many rich memories with the kids. And I'm just hoping the same for so many people out there. And I just want to encourage them if you're not a mom yet, if you have friends, if you have coworkers, if you're, you know, a guy in an office, you can do these things. You can benefit from this book. It's not just for moms with kids. And uh, our, the virtues are biblical and they're, you know, longstanding. So I wanted to encourage just anyone out there listening, you know, check out Courtney's book. Courtney, where can we find you online if we want to track you down? Find
2: some downloadables for our non-crafty selves. Where can we go? Of course, it's CourtneyDeFeo.com. as D-E-F as in Frank E-O. <laughs> okay. And Twitter, Instagram, I'll link to all of that. Yep. And it's a little tricky. little light of mine is um, sometimes where you'll find me on different things. But yeah, if you'll link over, it's probably easiest. Um, but yeah, according Defeo or a little light of mine with okay. that with you guys.
0: Okay. And um, I'm going to start hashtagging in this ho- house. We will giggle. Do you have an official hashtag for this, uh, this book?
2: It is. It's in this house. We will giggle. Okay.
0: It. It's going to be my mantra this year.
2: Uh, you're awesome. <laughs> I'm going to giggle and it's, and I'm so thankful for your
0: encouragement and for taking the time out to join us here at mud stories and share about your personal story and, um, And just this gift that you've given to the world. So amazing.
2: You're Awesome. Well, I look forward to going to read more about yours, actually. So I'll go do that next. (laughs) (laughs) Super sweet. Okay, well, have an amazing day.
0: And I'm going to giggle before the day's over.
2: Oh, you're awesome. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye.
0: Well, that's all for this episode. I had such a fun time talking with her and really, truly just loved her book, In This House We Will Giggle. And, you know, I've been trying it. Even more since talking to Courtney and this last week, the kids and I, the assignment was to act like a family of gorillas (laughs) and it really was hilarious. We all took our best shot at acting like a gorilla and I will say there were plenty of giggles. So, I'm just so thankful for what Courtney's doing and all she's written and I hope that you will go check out her book In This House We Will Giggle, and also her products that she has created for families to just enjoy scripture more, enjoy conversations with one another more, and just grow in our virtues as people. And I'm just so thankful for her. Well, as usual, you can find all the show notes and the links to everything mentioned over at mudstories.com or jackiewatkins.com forward slash episode 27. And a big thank you to those of you who recently wrote a review on iTunes. It's just so encouraging to read your words and your feedback. And if you want to leave a review for Mud Stories, I would so appreciate it. It's super easy and helps so much in exposing this podcast to other people. You can do that by heading over to JackieWatkins.com forward slash iTunes. And honestly, just in general, I would so love to hear from each and every one of you. If there's some feedback you'd love to offer, or maybe you know of someone with a mud story that needs to be heard, or perhaps this podcast has met you in some way and helped you along, encouraged you in your journey, and you'd be willing to share that with me, I would so love to hear from you. You can always send me an email at jackie at jackiewatkins.com. You can leave me a voicemail message from my website, or... Or even leave a comment on the show notes page, whichever way. I would just so look forward to hearing from you. And a couple reminders. Don't forget, you can get the new Mud Stories podcast app for free on your mobile device by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash Apple app. Or if you have an Android like me you can go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash Android app. And I just hope that that app makes it a lot easier and more convenient for you to be encouraged by these mud stories. And also, you can have a free audiobook today if you want to sign up for a 30-day free trial. And you can do that by going over to mudstoriesbook.com. And you can cancel that trial at any time at no cost to you, except you get to keep your free audiobooks. So check that out, mudstoriesbook.com. Thank you again so much for taking time out of your day to join me here. And whatever you're doing as you listen, I'm just hoping this podcast is the encouragement you need as you walk through your everyday days, days that very well may be full of mud. And so today, no matter what you're facing No matter where you've been or what lies ahead, may you each find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day.
1: Never in you mob but a press upon my mind I pull the shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the plane, and I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place That leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the plane And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul out sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place. You overwhelm my broken thoughts and you mend my lost and damaged heart. I find myself where I belong in your safe embrace as a grateful song to sing. A grateful song to sing grateful song to sing